Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode, it's part one of our second annual NFL prediction show. The teams are back, and the predictions are as smart as the hosts are stupid. And this is Missing the Point. Episode 82. But it's all relative. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Missing the Point, the podcast where six idiots talk to one another about sports for an hour into a microphone, then for the other 23 on a group chat. I am your host, DK Sizzle, and joining me today, I have one, two, three, four. Yep, literally every single member of Missing the Point is here with me today, and that's because we're doing our second annual, second annual NFL preview show. Bobby pointed out to us yesterday, it's the first time we've been able to say second annual anything because we recently had our one-year anniversary. (sighs) One year. Much like a romantic relationship, we've all seen each other's crazy side at this point, and we all feel comfortable enough to fart in front of one another. Well, Joe's been doing that the whole time, but some guys are just really open on the first date, you know. So with me, I have Hollywood Ray Sean Buchanan, Real BK Bob Kelly, Mike Marcangelo, and Joe Malkin, our, our wonderful executive producer. Craig is hosting, spinning the discs. Uh, you know, swapping out tapes, whatever he does in that room of his. And we're going to do the NFL preview show. It's going to be fucking fun. So last season, we split off into two teams. We split it off by conference, AFC, NFC. Mike and Bobby, the perennial uh, old married couple, took the NFC team. Ray and Joe took AFC tallying up the points over the course of the season what do we fuck i actually totally forgot so like the way we set it up last year which i thought went pretty well is it was like every time you get an answer right or uh you you guess their the two records of each team that's yep, what we're about two to games do. and when you're within two games you get a credit for that called correct it's like i thought of this fucking game i can't remember the rules uh, you get you get credit for the for the correct call on that record so you just have to come within two we also had an additional playoffs game that we played game shows this year if all of us are still alive by that point a couple game shows that like added bonus points couple quiz shows couple uh a bunch of different stuff so a lot of tension a lot of drama a lot of pageantry i mean season one of missing the point having now seen it all the way to its conclusion was honestly a tale as old as time but completely original at the same time so we're gonna do our second annual nfl preview show Beautiful. Ray Sean and Joe, as the uh, losers, I'm sorry to say, of last year's show, <laughs> you guys get ball. So we're going to start you guys off with, and you're, don't forget, I hope you didn't do a bunch of AFC predictions because this oh. year you're the NFC team. And because 
We're trying to keep it casual and keep it cozy. I'll let you pick which division you start with, and then I'll make the other team do that same uh, compass direction of their conference. So take it away, Joe and Ray. Well, Ray, do you want to start with the division that we only have one playoff team from that also involves Bobby's favorite team, or do we want to start in the NFC West? Yeah, I mean, that's how we had it written out, so we'll we'll start with the NFC least. All right, we're starting with the NFC least, and uh, we're going to go from worst to best to make Bobby sweat a little bit here to so he can figure out where we have his Cowboys. Uh, so, Ray, I'll start with the first team. We're going to we're gonna say at the bottom of the NFC East uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles, led by new head coach Nick Sirianni uh, with Jalen Hurts as the, uh, the, the quarterback, assumingly, of the, uh, the Eagles this year after the uh, experiment that was Carson Wentz went awry and he was traded to Indianapolis and uh, they had gotten rid of Nick Foles earlier, which funny that they actually almost ended up on the same team again. But staying on point, Philadelphia Eagles finishing at the bottom of the NFC East at 5-12. and 12. Yep, so the, the, the next thing we have on there are the New York football giants going at 7-10. to 10. You know, Danny Dimes, you know, Danny Jones, whatever you want to call him, couldn't, you know, uh, stay upright literally all year, not because of injuries, because, you know, he would have run and just trip over himself. And, you know, anything that could go wrong for the Giants did go wrong. So uh, we had them going seven to 10. You know, they have some pieces that obviously, you know, they brought over Kenny Galladay. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is going to come back and have a bounce back year. But, you know, th- they'll still be middle, you know, middle of the row, you know, type of team. So we got them going at, at seven to 10. So. Uh, Joe, who do, we, who do we have next? Yeah, just to add to the Giants, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Judge. I, I like him as a head coach. I think he's one of the guys out of the Belichick coaching tree that actually could be successful. Uh, I just don't think he has the support within the Giants organization to do so. Uh, so in second place in the NFC East, sweating Bobby Kelly. I can see the smile behind the microphone. He's waiting for it. He's wait, He's like, wow, they don't even have him in third or fourth. Uh, in second in the NFC East, we have the Washington football team at eight and nine. Uh, they got Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. We could see Henneke under center at some point. Ron Rivera is assumingly healthy as the head coach. Chase Young is a problem, and he was a problem against the Patriots in their first uh, preseason game this year. It was actually fun to watch him run wild. Uh, Isaiah Wynn for the New England Patriots had a really tough time with him on the left side of that line. So uh, I think Chase Young is going to be more important than any quarterback that Washington puts under center. I think they're going to be a defensive, uh, defense-led team, and they're going to be pretty good, but I think eight and nine is the, uh, is the extent of where Washington goes this year. Yeah, and, and to add to that, you know, just for our first part of the show, you, you can I guess you could say Isaiah Wynn did not win the day against Chase Young. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Chase, Chase, Chase Young is phenomenal, though. He's by far the – I think he's the best player in the division, let alone – doesn't matter what position. But I think he's the best player in the division. He's going to show that again. He had a great rookie year. So I, Washington's defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Um, to me, Henneke – Proved to me that he shouldn't need to get a job, or if, you know, because he has Fitz Magic for a few weeks. We get that, but Henneke, what he did against the Bucks in the playoffs to me earned him a spot. We should have been playing, but you know, hey, it is what it is. He he may still get a chance to start, uh, you know, six or seven games. But yeah, Washington should be good, and so you know, I'll close it out with who we have as our winner. So you know, we got the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC least. You know, as Bobby is uh tugging on his shirt for the listeners at home, even though we can't, you cannot see that. But yeah, man, I mean, listen, I mean, by default, I mean, listen, you guys have the best quarterback in the division. You know, obviously, you know, Dak was injured uh, for most of last year. So I know he's dealing with a shoulder injury right now, you know, going through the preseason. But yeah, got him going 10-7. You know, Keanu Neal has looked good in the preseason. 
Michael Parsons has looked every bit of, uh, and then some. So listen, defensively is where they're going to have to make their mark. We know that as, as Dallas, uh, as we watched Dallas, you know, they were giving up 45 and scoring 41 all the time last year. So really it seems like the last few years they were doing that. So yeah, but as long as they stay healthy, you know, uh, Joe and I agree that they're going to win uh, the division. I said, we'll get to the playoff stuff later on, but we have them going 10 to seven right now. Mike McCarthy cleared out a lot of that staff in Dallas. Uh, I think last year was a weird year. He's one of those teams like the Patriots where I, I give a little bit of benefit of the doubt, uh, especially with Dak Prescott getting hurt. As long as Ben DiNucci isn't taking snaps for the Dallas Cowboys, they have a chance to go 10 and seven. Uh, I, we, uh, Ray and I originally had them at nine and eight, and I was going to use the joke, Bobby, the only reason they're going to go nine and eight is because they're 17 games or be above 500 is because they're 17 games, not 16. Uh, but I, I think 10 and seven is a fair place for them especially with their weak division i think washington they split with i think they sweep the eagles uh and i think they will probably sweep the giants as well so i mean that's you know five wins right there so i think that's a great start for dallas wow that was uh you guys really mercilessly mowed through the the nfc east i like just really cut them down to size uh yeah i mean it is probably the worst division in football still right there's i can't think of a worse one but maybe Ah, no, it's pretty bad. So, I mean, that was right. <laughs> a lot of that was a fair, a lot of that was fair assessments. Dallas Cowboys winning the world's tallest midget competition, getting bounced out of the playoffs in the first round. That's a decent return for you, Bobby. If you guys win 10 games, obviously means it's, you know, 4.6% less to win 10 games than it did last season. But I think that's fair enough. Bobby, would you take a Dallas Cowboys 10 and seven record and division winners and a fun playoff run? If under the circumstances that Joe described, Dak Prescott takes most of the snaps for next season. Without a doubt. Um, it, listen, I'm just starving for a playoff game at this point. <laughs> I, I, know, I know you were with me last year, DK. You guys sneaking into the playoffs. That was a beautiful thing for you, and you loved every second of it. And I would 100% get behind it. The, well, fair. It was a good game. Uh, the, the only thing that scares me with Dallas this year is, listen, Mike brought it up a while ago, is – that Dak Prescott shoulder, I know it's not a big deal. I keep saying it's not a big deal. But, like, man, if something actually happens to him, there is nothing behind him. Bobby, this is going to sound weird. His, his ankle injury was, is more important than his shoulder injury. Yeah, yeah, but it's just, it's just not a good look that you come off of an ankle injury and then the first week of training camp you have a shoulder injury. Not great. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I love it because I do think our defense is going to be so much improved over last year. I mean, they couldn't stop a nosebleed last year, Bobby. Well, Dan Quinn coming in is, is such a big difference, man. He He's going to be such a big difference. And Michael Parsons, right, you couldn't have said it better, man. In the preseason, this dude looked the part. He was everywhere. He's the starting linebacker day one from Dallas, and he's going to make that defense much better from day one, uh, just him being on the field. So uh, as sad as I was, when we missed out on those two corners, I'm not disappointed right now because Micah Parsons looks a fucking part, man. He's something else. Did you, is, it his, is it his throwing shoulder? Dax throwing shoulder? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got a, a baseball strained shoulder. It, 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 it recovers with rest. So it's just one of those where, like, only thing that's going to solve it is rest. But at the same time, like, it, it could get worse. So it's like one of those things. That, I don't know. Bobby, it's tendonitis. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it's not. That's fun. never good. Never. No, good. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, if that if that's the if that's the case, I was gonna say fucking Doctor Quinn, medicine woman over here. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. <laughs> <laughs> Only kids who watch TV in the late 90s in the daytime would get that reference. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with the, with the old adage that like, you know, an injury on top of the end of a recovery of another injury is like the worst thing in the world because anyone who's ever been hurt knows that you start to rely on other parts of your body a little bit more and you like end up straining other shit. So if he was trying to throw in a way that he wasn't like, if he was a little hesitant on the ankle or if he like wasn't, you know, if he wasn't think about that. planting in the same way and like, you know, it could just be like a little, little strain, little soreness. You never know. And you never know is a great thing to say about the Dallas Cowboys because you really never know. Like <laughs> anything, everything, anything and anything and Bobby's saying is true. It could be you true. Kind of like not to cut you off, but you kind of always know about the Dallas Cowboys. It's eight and eight, but now it's, I guess it's 10, seven. Uh, yeah. But, but maybe, but, or Dak Prescott comes, this is a very Cowboys season too. Dak Prescott comes back has, is like the best quarterback in the NFL for like seven games. And then like injures his other ankle. It wouldn't even be the same ankle. <laughs> hey, why the- would you even put that into the atmosphere, bro? Like that's just not, there is no, let me tell you something right now. There is no juju that I can put into the world that could affect the cosmic fuckery that the Dallas Cowboys like constantly interact with. This is not- you couldn't change their juju okay facts now it honestly it, it could be like you know uh and this is a different sport but remember when pedro martinez was in new york after he left boston he he fell and slipped in the shower <laughs> it was over like that that to me that's more dallas cowboys than yeah you know say that's more dallas cowboys than anything else like that's more on brand so like oh he fell in the shower like he like broke his wrist or whatever or he sprained his wrist like he's out for three to six weeks like yeah. that that's something that could happen honestly i've enjoyed i've i've enjoyed the last four months as the positive celtics fan i really have and the fact that now we're back to this <laughs> shithole where I have to sit in a hole for the next year and a half fucking sucks. All right. <laughs> so excited for it. And I can't wait. Let's go. This is what, this is what we said boy. before, right? This is why your predictions in the playoffs were so good. When your mind is not clouded by Cowboys fuckery, you, uh, you do much better <laughs> than when the Cowboys are a part of it. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I think we can all say on Sunday afternoons, uh, hopefully the Patriots are better, so people don't have to listen to me, Ray, and Mike go. Can't off. wait to get to that because they're not going to be. <laughs> but, for, but for Bobby, but for Bobby, every Sunday it was just like we knew right away, and we all just ran to console Bobby, and we just couldn't do it because Bobby he just went off the rails. So, uh, Bobby, I think you're going to be fine. I think you'd be all right. I'm glad you're here personally. Like you don't have to be slower than the bear. You just got to be slower than the slowest guy running from the bear. You know just got to be slower than the fucking cowboy. I think it's fine to have dedicated that section of, uh, of our conversation to the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys only. Does anyone have on the uh, other team have anything salient to say about those other three shit piles of teams? No. Okay, great. I do agree with you guys that the Eagles will be uh, arguably the worst team in football next year. Like there's a lot of dysfunction going on over there. Front office offense defense like it's just it's they're really shaping up to win zero to one games five wins is very uh um, yeah you were you're being kind of conservative maybe with that but then as you know just to remind the viewers at home and the listeners at home the, the name of the game is to get it within two so no point in guessing zero you know all right let's move on let's go over to the afc team and since they did the east now you guys got to do the east so you can start in whatever order you want go from top to bottom best to worst worst to least dedicate as much time to it as you want Go nuts. So uh, obviously, like we've definitely talked this out and, and worked this out uh, to make sure that we're succinct. Uh, oh yeah. You want to start? You want to start uh, like worst to best, Bobby? Well, don't just don't. All right, d- d- don't start <laughs> yet. Don't, don't don't start with me yet. Well, can we just agree that the worst team in the AFC East is going to be the New York Jets? Yeah. Well, so 
We we did ours a little different. Where like we didn't come to a consensus. What do you got, Mike? I got three and fourteen for the New I, York Jets. I, I got six and eleven. So why don't we just call it five and twelve? Five and twelve, perfect. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be so upsetting if like you guys win again because it's like Joe and Ray came in and they were like, okay, so here's our analysis. Here's the, here's gonna be this record. Here's gonna be this record. And then you two guys come in with your fucking pants undone, being like. I don't know. What do you think the Jets are gonna suck? <laughs> I just learned. I've just learned from years, and, and even season one of, of of missing the point that if you have a plan and Bobby is on my team, he will try to sink your ship. So cheers, you may as well man. just go. Yeah, cheers, dude. Uh, but I, I just want to point out before we move on to the next team, five and twelve for the Jets. That's a good thing, right? It's it's a re, it's a rebuild, and it's not a rebuild in a year. It's a rebuild in three or four years. If that happens, they could be a really good team. You know, moving forward, uh, you know, like I said, in three or four years. Now, Bobby, the ne- here we go. The next team, the third worst team in the AFC East, I have is the Miami Dolphins. I assume that you're going to just kick me right in the dick and say it's New England Patriots. Yeah, no, not even close. Not even close. Okay. Listen, so I have the New England Patriots finishing eight and nine. Yeah, no, I don't see how Cam Newton or Mac Jones is going to get this team above 500. Really, I just, I just don't like uh, unless Matt. So the uh, the way I could see it, you can convince me if you think Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback because Cam Newton is not winning more than eight games this season. It's not happening. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, Bobby. Belichick won seven games with that shit shit can of a team last year, and then he added to the offense. And now Hightower's back. Now they got Matt Judon. Gilly's going to come back, so they're going to have a top. We'll call it a top 12 defense and probably a top 20 offense. Last year, they were terrible. So what I'm telling you, so you have them at what? Uh, you said 8-9? and nine? I have 8-9, and nine, and then I have the Dolphins 10-7. and seven. I have the Patriots at 11-6. and six. So we should split that and just can, – can we just call it 10-7? and seven? Because then you'll still win and I'll still win. So are we putting both of them at 10-7 and seven then? I mean, I, yeah, if you really just want to fuck up my bracket, I guess we can do that. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, but, but but no, this isn't your bracket. This is our bracket. All right. Sure. Listen, yeah. we got called the old married couple for a reason. We got to figure this shit out. All right. In fairness to me and the listeners, I said, if you want to fuck up my bracket that I'm looking at, then yeah, we'll, we can do. I do want to fuck up your bracket. Right, yes. 10 and 7. 10 and 7. T- 10 and 7 for Dolphins and Patriots. I'll give if you want if you said ten and seven for the Dolphins, I'll give you eleven and six, just just so that we have just to put them above. Yeah, yeah. Okay, deal. Okay, deal. You know, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny because you know we call you guys an old married couple, but we could play that tape as like a real example of what compromise looks like because you did really well right there. Anyway, sorry, that, was, that wasn't bad, right? That wasn't <laughs> that bad. was good. That was better than last year. You guys, I thought that was going to go really off the rails. <laughs> you guys have really grown. And I'm very. I, I just don't have it. <laughs> oh, Mike's just tired. <laughs> uh, I, I have the Buffalo Bills at uh, at thirteen and four in the AFC East. I have it as as a pretty much board. a runaway. I, I think that, that yeah, I think Josh Allen and that offense is just too good. Uh, and I, I, I really think I don't think last year was a fluke. So thirteen and four for the Bills. Uh, so just to recap, we have thirteen and four for the Bills, eleven and six for the Dolphins, ten and seven for the Patriots, and what do we call it five and twelve for the Jets. Feels right. Could we minus one from the Jets no. so we get it if they get two wins? No, they're gonna win. They won two games last year, dude. Zach Wilson's better. All right, uh, and they have the new coach. All right, fine. Yeah. All right. Well, it seems like you guys came to a consensus there about the uh, the AFC least. I don't <laughs> think it was coming. 
I mean, you know, it, it is always kind of surprising to me. Like I was, you know, you go back in to do your research for these shows after not yeah. having a, a football, any football to watch. And you go, oh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills are a good team now, <laughs> which is like a very strange reality that you've like sort of entered into. And obviously they have the best backup quarterback in all of uh, football in Mitch Trubisky. I bet I bet he ends up getting the starting job and becomes like the best QB in football. Just knowing uh, knowing the Chicago Bears and their luck. Who would you say was winning the division? The Bills, obviously. Bills. Right? Yeah, yeah, Bills wow. at 13 and four. And then you said, so we had the Bills at thirteen and four, the Dolphins at eleven and six, the Patriots at ten and seven, and then the Jets at six and eleven. No, five, five. No, you had them at five and twelve. Oh, five and twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the culture Miami's building over there. I think that coach is good. I mean, we could say. I think Joe, you said that like halfway through last season, right? Where you were like, uh, where whatever they fucking was he there all last season? But I remember you. I remember you name checking him uh, for being like a good coach, and I think he is actually building a decent culture over there. Maybe if Tua becomes like what every Dolphins fan thinks he is, and every not Dolphins fan thinks he isn't, but like who knows? What do you guys think about their uh, predictions, Ray? Was it fair what they just did to your New England Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I think I think ten and seven is more feasible than eight and nine. Um, you know, but then again, you know, I, I don't I, I expect Bobby to take that type of shot because he was upset with us last year and even probably a few minutes ago for actually we, we gave you team Cowboys actually we gave you team division. We gave you team division and, and, and you sit and you sit on us. So you know what? Fuck it. We're take we're taking it back, Joe. Yep. They, they, they're going five and twelve. Fuck it. No, but no, four um, four and thirteen put them yeah, below four, the four and thirteen, right? Exactly, right? No, but I mean listen, Miami and Buffalo are considerably better right now than the Patriots, and that that's just you know, that's, you know, you can't drink the Kool-Aid this early. Now, once we get into the season and some things unfold and that may be different, but right now on paper, as currently constructed, it should be Buffalo, then Miami, then us, then the Jets. I do think that we can be interchangeable with Miami, mainly just depending. I think that the defense for New England is going to be a lot better, mainly because the offense is going to be better, right? So the defense wasn't awful last year, but we just couldn't get off the fucking field. So when you bring back, hold on, when you bring back Judon and you have, you have Tower, um, and to me, whether Gilly is back or not, and I know they need him, but I still have faith in that secondary to still be elite when they need to be. And like I said, whether it's Cam or Mac, like I think that you know we're going to be fine. I've been pleased with Mac Jones this uh, this preseason. I know Mike, you know, still wants that guy in Chicago, and I understand that. But Mac Jones has shown me enough that he could lead. Uh, the offense is being ran through him when he's out there. That's that's not a. Uh, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure Joe has the same sentiment. I'm sure he'll elocute some different points uh, than I did. Yeah. What sucks about the New York Jets is I like Robert Sala a lot as the head coach there. I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. Uh, I think he's an outstanding defensive mind, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to do in New York now. Adam Gase was a joke. Uh, I mean, that guy doesn't belong in the NFL, not to mention as an NFL head coach. Sam Darnold is gone. They drafted Zach Wilson. I think just with a first-year coach, first-year quarterback, Mike said it, and and he's right. I mean, it's a two- to three, maybe four-year process, and I think, I hope, the Jets organization understands that. And unless Zach Wilson or Robert Sala do something to completely screw that up, in New York, they, they got to give those guys time and, and give them the resources to get it done because right now they're competing with a very good team in the Buffalo Bills, an up-and-coming team in the Miami Dolphins, and Bill Belichick. So they, they have a long road ahead of them. So if Robert Sala and Zach Wilson can outlast those three things, they'll be all right. But before you go, DK, I just want to I just want to say, Bobby, what factored into my decision making process was last year, the Patriots had the third toughest schedule according to wins losses, and this year they have the fourth easiest. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go next is that Bobby, 
I'm saying this from a football standpoint. I hope you're wrong because I think the Patriots have what it takes to be better. And I do think Cam Newton has what it takes to be a 10 to 11 win quarterback with a 17 game season. Uh, and I say that because I think given the time, uh, Mike, I, I know, I, I understand, but I, I, I don't want him to be the starting quarterback. But after what I saw in week two of the preseason from Cam Newton, when he stepped up in the pocket and didn't run and stopped at the line of scrimmage and threw a bullet over the middle, that was really, to me, that was the one play I needed to see to be like, okay, he, I think he's understanding what his role is now. And last year it was, I don't know what to do. My ass is on fire. I have to run. So, but also Bobby, to your point about, uh, about Cam Newton, uh, he, Cam Newton is better than Tua Tagovailoa. Just going to throw it out. He's better than Tua. Uh, and Buffalo is a, a wagon. I, Mike, I think you I think you guys' win total is low. I think they're 14 and three, 15 and two. I think they're that Jesus. good. I think they're that good. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see you talk. Like I said, me, me and Craig tried to tell everyone out here last year. <laughs> me and Craig said Buffalo is the team, and Josh Allen was going to be the guy once Brady left. Josh Allen is a problem. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Yeah, I, I don't know why. but And also, shout-out to him and shout-out to his agent, most importantly. Six years, 258 mil, 150 guaranteed, I believe. Like, that, that is awesome. And like I said, Buffalo loves him. He loves Buffalo. So, yeah, it, it definitely definitely their division to, you know, to lose. I just see a little bit of a fallback from Buffalo. Not a lot. Nothing that they're going to miss the playoffs or anything 13 like and 4 is a fallback? Yeah, it, bro, from <laughs> – but, like – I see a not from the team, I guess, because that was just, they were what thirteen and three last year. So I I just think Josh Allen isn't going to be as prolific as he was last year, just because teams have a little bit more of a beat on him this year. But the rest of that team is still really really good. So just one note on strength of schedule: uh, every game, if you take away the two Buffalo games from the Patriots schedule. And the Tampa Bay game. So say you just chalk those up as losses right now. I mean, Tampa Bay could go either way, but like, let's just for the sake of this argument, say that those three are losses. Every other game on your schedule is winnable. Every single other game on your schedule is winnable. The next hardest one you have is probably Tennessee, maybe Cleveland. Miami and Miami, it's tough. Just to quote a host. Very winnable. The host of this show, like you, you like you play who you play, right? Like you right. can't. No, talk no, no. I'm not. I'm not criticizing you. What I'm saying is, is, is what my question would be is, how does Bill Belichick, the ultimate pragmatist, look? And this question is for anyone who wants to answer it. Look at this strength of schedule. Where, for instance, you start October against Tampa Bay, right? You start your October, which is like really the meat of the season at this point. You know, you've played three games. Your fourth game is against Tampa Bay. It's a night game. Is it a Sunday or Monday? It's one. It's Sunday, Sunday night. night. Yeah. Sunday so Sunday. Uh, you go in against Tampa Bay. I don't think Bill Belichick gives a shit about statement games on TV or statement games at night. I think that he looks at this season in four game blocks. I think he goes, it'd be great to start with a win against Miami, but we definitely need to go and beat New York and New Orleans. It'd be great to get a win against Tampa Bay, but then all we have to do is go beat Houston, Dallas and the Jets. If he looks at these in four game blocks as he goes, you can win three out of every four games until, I mean, there's just no patch where until you play Buffalo twice, in it, until you play Buffalo twice in three weeks, you can take the majority of those four game blocks. And I think that's how Bill Belichick looks at, a, at, a, at an NFL season. So what do you guys think? Like, could the, like, when you look at it like that, could the Patriots potentially have a better record than we, than they 
that on paper deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Be- because I, I had to uh, settle with Bobby on this. I, I just want to say, like, on one of the last shows, like, we, I, I couldn't find more than six losses, which is why I had them at eleven and six. Right? I, I think that there's a real, there's a real possibility that we enter that game against Brady at three and zero. Right now, we're either going to lose that game by thirty five, or we're going to win it by two. Right? That's how that's going to go. I, my money is on lose by thirty five, but this schedule. Regardless of who's quarterback, now not Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham, but uh, if, if it's those two top options, it's tough for me to see seven losses. But because of the point structure in this game, I can acquiesce to, to ten and seven. The only so the stretch that worries me for them is Browns, Falcons, Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. They're gonna split one with the one with the Bills, and, the, and- that's a tough stretch though. You, they could easily lose four out of five games as somewhere on that stretch. I mean, you know what? They could lose to the Browns. They could lose to the Titans. They could lose to the the Bills. They could lose to the Colts. They could lose to the Bills. Yeah, I'll I'll answer this. I think uh, DK made a great point about looking at it in four-game increments. I think that's actually how it used to be, right? You think he wants to split that stretch? No, not not split it, but I'm saying I I think DK made a great point. When Brady was here and they was, you know, killing everybody i think he did look at it that way it was like okay and these four games if we can go three and one here maybe two and two here or even four and over here right to end out the season that's doable but listen i, I just want to make a point about week four and then we can move on to the next division um week four against Tampa bay if you don't think belichick is not going to coach his ass off <laughs> I, I don't know where what time you're on like that might be <laughs> like i mean i think if, i think yeah, I, I think about the old i think about the old denver games at times that we used to have uh, the Colts games like a motivated Bill is a different guy, even at this stage of his career. So I did. There's no way it's gonna be a blowout on either end. Like I'm looking at, that's gonna be like a 31-28 type of game. Either way, there's no way that's gonna be a blowout on, on either side, in my opinion. See, here's a problem with that game too. Uh, as someone who will be there and will undoubtedly see New England Patriots fans wearing pewter number twelve jerseys. It's going to be a very interesting crowd that night. Not for this Patriots fan, personally. Uh, yeah, I'm going to cheer for Tom Brady when he's introduced because without Tom Brady, there's not six Super Bowls. And I'm not starting the argument of it was Belichick over Brady or Brady over Belichick. But that, Ray's right. Belichick is and will, is going to and will coach his ass off that night and will pull out all the stops. I think we're going to see an amoeba defense from the defensive side of the ball. We're going to see a lot of movement. We're going to see things happen. To Dave's point, I I agree. I mean, there's been a couple of predictions that I've been looking at that has them losing at the Jets in week two. These people, I saw that too. These, I saw these, that too. These people are smoking something stronger <laughs> than Bobby and Dave have ever smoked. They beat Man. the Dolphins in week one at home. They beat the Jets in week two on the road. They beat the Saints in week three at home. They're three and zero going into the box game. The Bucks are probably three and zero going into that. That's a week four Super Bowl. There's no way the Patriots lose to the Texans. I think the Cowboys is a toss up if everybody's healthy. They beat the Jets. The Chargers is a toss up. They kill the Panthers. The Browns is a toss up. Falcons toss up. They beat. The, I'm sorry, Falcons. They win. Titans toss up. They lose at the Bills on the road on December six because I think again I I think the Bills are a wagon. Uh, they beat the Colts. They beat the Bills at home. They kill the Jaguars and they might lose to the Dolphins on the road. I mean, realistically, that's twelve and five, eleven and six, and I, I think that's feasible as long as they do exactly what Mike said in his prediction. Uh, as long as Belichick coaches the way he's supposed to, his and his quarterback plays up to his ability. And to Ray's point before, 
I I think they need Gilmore back because JC Jackson isn't a number one. Yeah. Before we move on from this, because I know that we could spend an entire show on this. Aside from the 2004 season, Belichick, when he wins Super Bowls, looks at the first four games as just an extension of the preseason. Yeah. So if he goes two and two, that's fine. Now, the caveat is he always had Tom Brady there, right? But I, I could see a world where three and one in the first four games puts them on a fucking rocket ship that gets them to, you know, 13 and four, or 12 and five. But again, I, 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 Bob, as the Patriots hater convert that he is, uh, Bobby wanted to lowball them. So I, I understand it. Cam Newton, man. That's what it keeps coming down to me is like, it's either a rookie quarterback or Cam Newton. And nothing that I've seen from Cam Newton over the last four years, not even just last year, over the last four years, tells me that he can win 10 games. If, if he shows me differently, fine. But the other thing they have to rely on is a rookie quarterback if it's not him. I would argue with that, Bobby, is 2018. 2018 was a good season for him. I, I, and 2019 was kind of a wash because he got injured, and 2020 was a shitty season. We've done enough on the Patriots. Yeah, we have. I will just say. Bobby's not wrong, though. I will just say I think that uh, strength of schedule-wise, I'm glad I asked the question. However, this is this now the second season we've done an NFL prediction show where I watched you guys talk yourself into something that definitely isn't going to happen. I am actually with Bobby. Cam Newton fucking sucks. He has sucked. <laughs> not good. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Yeah, I God understand. damn it, Dave. The just host is, the show. The thing is, is that I am hosting the show. This isn't me hosting the show. Me putting my balls on your head. So listen, here's the facts. Okay. I'll be the last time. That was the most, that was the most turgid fucking offense I have seen in my young life. It was so fucking hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. And I understand. I understand. Understand. Nothing's the same. You guys put. I understand you guys putting that completely out of your head. That trauma completely out of your head. Now, Mike said something earlier, which I vehemently disagree with. In across the entire board of watching the NFL, he said, "Who the quarterback is doesn't matter." I've never heard a less true thing said about the NFL. The only thing that matters in your offense and things after that can matter, but the first thing that matters. Is who the quarterback is. We're doing this I'm thing like where, where I can't retort because you, you did call me out. Yeah, well, you can, but what I'd love to do is get to the natural end of my sentence and then you can go. You did pause. Sorry. Uh, just re- real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, j- j- just real quick. Uh, Belichick with that ragtag offense won seven games last year and, and he retooled that entire offense. Well, that will be the first time in modern history that that turns out to be true. Yeah, wait for it. The quarterback has mattered every single other season for the last. I don't know. When's the last time the quarterback didn't matter? Joe Flacco? He had a great year that year. Before Tom Brady was in the league. Like, it's you and me against the world in this one. I, I'm not with you on the cam train, but it's you It's you and me against the world because I, I love it. You know, Dave's sitting he's like, ah, oh, that, that offense was awful. It's going to be the same. I, I remember Kendrick Bourne sucking in a Patriots uniform last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you guys went and spent some money. I, I agree with that. I just, like, I don't know if there's, like, a ton of game changers on that offense that can uh, make up for the fact that I, I think, honestly, I think your best bet from the bottom of my heart is if that rookie you guys drafted, Jones, is if he goes in and turns out to be good because you're not winning that many games with Cam Newton. Is my opinion. You can put you can hold me to that. Put me on record. Is somebody recording? Put me on record. Anyway, moving on. We've done we've done enough. Uh, we've done enough damage to the to the poor listeners ears with all this Patriots talk, although I would say the majority of people listening to the show probably are here for that. Let's move on. I can't remember where we were. All right, let's move back over to the NFC team. You guys can tell me any division that's left and feel free to pick whichever one you want to go with and whatever order you want to do it in. Go nuts. 
All right, Ray, we're going to go with the NFC South. We're going to start at the top. I think this one is uh, is pretty obvious. Uh, this is another. This is one where uh, I, I came around uh, in the offseason. Dave said it best, and I, I will echo his words of uh, Tom Brady is a lot of fun when he's not in the Patriots uh, system. Uh, so Tampa Bay, we have them at 12-5 and five and winning the NFC South. I don't think they're a Buffalo Bills wagon. But I think they're a good team. Tom Brady is entering his age 44 season. He is still right in his prime, baby. He's still, I, I, which, which is amazing. That's probably true. <laughs> I, you know, this guy's, this guy's ridiculous. Uh, he really is. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The moment I knew that they were going to win the Super Bowl was when, which I really didn't want them to, but I, I kind of had it in the back of my head was when there were six seconds left in the second half of the NFC championship game. And he dropped an absolute dime in the hands of Scotty Miller in the end zone. And Scotty Miller may never have a better catch in his career. He may, he may, he may also never have a, an easier catch for a touchdown in his career. I mean, th- this team is just, and they, they haven't changed anything. All they've done is added and they're spending money They're, I mean, this is the NBA's version of a super team. This is the, the, the Brooklyn Nets. This is the Miami heat. This is the Los Angeles. This is what that team is. And that's why I think 12 and five um, might even be generous, but, or not generous, not generous enough. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, it warms my heart um, to hear you speak this beautifully of this team. You know, like I said, once again, me, me and Mike was, was on the bandwagon with Tampa because, you know, we thought Brady was still dominate and, and he did, right? I think, like I said, 12 and 5, 12 and 5 is actually appropriate only because there's going to be a few games where they're just like, look, like we we, we can mail it in towards the end of the year, I feel like. Or or they may run into a team like Chicago early on that's just smacking them around the field and Brady forgets what down it was. That was crazy. But Chicago's defense is that real. So uh, there you go, Dave. I gave your defense some credit there. But yeah, 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 yeah trust me, you're, you're going to be happy about that one. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, listen, Brady is that guy. You know, they're one of the few Super Bowls. Uh, repeating uh, champions that have uh, all 22 starters coming back. So the continuity is there, which I know that's key for Brady at any point of his his career, but especially now. Yeah. So, you know, and hopefully, you know, uh, Antonio Brown does more knockouts on the field than he's done in training camp. And, you know, they they should be good. Uh, So (laughs) moving on to the next team, this was a little high. So we may have a little, uh, little discussion about this one, but we had, uh, well, Joe had New Orleans going 10 and seven. I don't think they're going to be this good. Uh, in the words of this guy named Rob Parker, no way, no how. Like, they may win eight games, maybe, in, in my opinion. Now, if Jameis looks how Jameis looked like on Monday night, <laughs> you know, then they might have a chance. But I just don't see them winning 10 games, um, you know, in, in that division. I just I don't I don't see that happening. But uh, what was your rationale, Joe, with, with, with that one? Well, whoever's keeping score, let's bump that down to nine and eight. Because the more I think about a 30 and 30 quarterback, uh, in James Winston, I mean, I you know honestly, I I understand why Jameis Winston was let go uh, in Tampa and and why yeah. they moved on from him, they, and it's worked out very well for them. Uh, Jameis Winston is not a terrible NFL quarterback. I mean, there's much worse than Jameis Winston. I think he's serviceable. I think you're going to see Sean Payton use. Well- a combination of him and Taysom Hill because they're both athletic. Jameis Winston can move <laughs> if he needs to, and they can put him in. Obviously, they don't want to put him in a spot to get injured. Uh, but Taysom Hill, on the other hand, that guy is a crazy son of a bitch. So I, let, we'll move them to nine and eight. 
I think that's I think that's fair. I, I think a seven and ten finish is possible for New Orleans, but uh, I we well, well again we'll talk about playoffs later. But uh, nine and eight because the bottom of this division is not good. After New Orleans finishing third, we have the Atlanta Falcons at seven and ten. Uh, I even think that might be a little bit high. Matt Ryan is still a serviceable NFL quarterback, and he now has Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, that's a start. It's something. Of course, he has no Julio Jones anymore uh, as he moved on to Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Atlanta can scrap together some games. I don't think they're awful. I, I don't think they're great either. Uh, I think they did their organization a disservice by not naming Raheem Morris the head coach, uh, the full-time head coach. I, I thought that was a, a really big disservice. I think those guys really enjoyed um, playing for him and uh, they, they ended up uh, who did they end up signing as their uh, as their head coach? Uh, uh, Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Yeah. 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 Who, who came fine. from Tennessee? Yeah. Who came from Tennessee, which fine offensive guy. So understand what they're trying to do there. I, I think seven and 10 might be a little high, but I'm going to stick with it. Cause I think, uh, I think five and, and what's five, uh, what's 17 minus five, 12, 12. five and 12 is uh, possible. Uh, thanks, Mike. I didn't need the uh, sarcastic response and uh, close to the mic. I appreciate you know, but yeah, seven and seven and ten for the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that and that definitely could be one of our more gracious picks. I mean, listen, they're still going to be good offensively, right? I mean, you still have readily Pitts is Julio Jones just as a tight end, like he's six six two forty, like it's ridiculous. And I'm biased because I'm a Gator fan, so Kyle Pitts is a man. I was praying to have it. So I'm like, please, like Bill, trade up again. I'm like. I, I know they we, we were clamoring for a quarterback, but I'm like, please go get this guy. But he's going to be in Atlanta, not that far from where he was at in Gainesville. So, yeah, offensively, they're going to be fine. But we'll see. Like I said, that might be one of our more generous picks as the year goes on. And uh, last but not least, we got Carolina going 4-13. Like, Sam Donald going down there. Now, yes, it's a win for him alone that he's out of New York, right, and away from Adam Gates, right? You know, Matt, uh, Matt Rule, you know, was okay last year and you know down there in Carolina. I know obviously he didn't Teddy wasn't his guy, so we got rid of him. So I guess he wanted Sam Donald down there. I'm a fan of Robbie Anderson. Obviously anytime you add a top three running back, maybe even a top 10 player and Christian McCaffrey back in the fold, that helps the office. Obviously it, it can't hurt it, but you know, unless Derek Brown and I think that they drafted JC Horn, right? They drafted JC Horn um, in the top 10. So unless those guys become uh, you know, a mini legion of boom right away in that in that Panthers back, you know, secondary, like they're not going to be much of anything right away. But who knows? This is maybe this is part of their five year plan down there as well, because they're, they're a small market. So um, I think four thirteen is appropriate. Sam Darno, if he doesn't see ghosts, maybe gets him up to five. Who knows? But either way, this team's gonna blow. Yeah, Sam Sam Darnold's kind of the weak link down there for me. And I, I think they're doing their the entire uh organization. Uh, their fans and Christian McCaffrey a disservice by not building around him right now. I mean, he's still a young guy, but he got banged up last year. He was out most of the season. I mean, that's that's tough for a running back. Running backs have a tough time coming back from injuries like that. So uh, they're doing him a disservice by not building around him and going out and getting Sam Darnold. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Sam. I do. Maybe I hope Sam Darnold proves me wrong because he was supposed to be a big thing coming out of college, and we all know that Adam Gase ruined him up in New York. So hopefully Matt Rule, who to me is uh, Dan Campbell without the steroids, can – do something with this team, but it is a five-year plan, right? And it's just, I, 
but they're not even going to get five wins this year. So I will say that was, I feel pretty fair. I don't know about the other guys. I feel like those are pretty fair records for, for those teams. I think you have Atlanta a little higher than I would. And I think you have the bucks a little bit better than I would, but yeah, I mean, like considering who the bucks play twice a year, uh, <clears throat> which is the rest of that division, I could see them accruing a good amount of wins from that. Yeah, that from could that be six none, yeah. none of them are great. I will say the only thing about Christian McCaffrey though, is he got that high ankle sprain. Not a ton you can do about that. That's just like you fucking sprained your ankle. And then when he hurt his shoulder, I think they just kind of put him on ice. It was like, yeah. there's no point in risking him because our season's already uh, a wash. Right. And I do think he's going to, because he got that contract extension. Then it was high ankle sprain. Then it was, ah, fuck it. He hurt his shoulder. We shouldn't even have him in there. You know, we suck anyway, like whatever. I think he's got something to prove this season. So I actually think the Panthers might do a little bit better, but let's go over to the other team and see what they have to say about it. I saw Mike vigorously shaking his head at points and especially at the mathing the point thing that we were doing with Joe, just really, really aggressive at that part. But Hey, here we are talking about 12, 12 (laughs) fucking idiot. (laughs) Thanks for the defense, Bobby. (laughs) Tampa Bay in that division, like it's six wins, right? So I I mean, I I think that, that their floor is probably like 13 and four, but I will say, uh, my other thing is Carolina, I don't think Sam Darnold makes it through the year, and I think four and thirteen is pretty low for the win total because I think PJ Walker is a really, really good backup quarterback and could set the league on fire if, if he gets the chance to uh, to be the starter. I, I had them more at six and eleven, but I guess you know plus or minus two uh, two wins. You guys are still in that area, um, but yeah, I mean Tampa Bay is a wagon. They have every single starter returning from last year. That, that, that hasn't happened in a very long time. And they, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. So a little more respect to them. Uh, Jameis, 9-8, and eight, makes sense. That, that's his mantra. He, he, like, he should be a cowboy, right? 30, 30 touchdowns, 30, 30 picks. He, he, he could just never string along a winning season. I get it. But I think Taysom Hill is an X factor. Oh yeah, the, the, the one I disagree with him with, Mike, is Carolina. For the opposite reason, though. Surprise. <laughs> sure. Surprise. I actually think, listen, when you look at Sam Donald, I see the first, how long has he been in the league? Two, three years now? I see them all as a wash, man. I, I know it's hard to eliminate the ghosts that were put at him uh, from that New England game back Monday night, way back in the day. You guys remember that. Hmm. But I think that that rule is the guy to do it. And I, I think we're going to see a different Sam Donald this year. I really do. I mean, I, I don't see Carolina only putting up five wins when they put up six, seven wins with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think Darnold is a more talented quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater if he has the system and the pieces around him to do it. I mean, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey are 10 times the weapon that this dude ever had in New York. So I, I just think Carolina is a little better than you gave him credit for. I would give him seven wins. Uh, but that's really the only one I disagree with. I, I like New Orleans this year. I think Jameis is going to be good, man. I, I think Jameis, <laughs> I think with, with Jameis Peyton, is going to be good. Famous last words. I, I know, oh, right? I know, shooting. right? <laughs> uh, I hope you're saying that on uh, draft night. But he's definitely he's definitely better than Cam, though. I'll tell you that. Uh, he, I don't know. I don't know. But Jameis Winston is the biggest trick-or-treat player I've seen in the history of the NFL. He's so bad. I would want to. If you put Jameis on the Pats, it, it, they will. You guys would love Jameis on the Pats. If you guys, if you, you guys have him in Dallas, we'll take Dak. Uh, if you guys are behind Cam as your quarterback, 
I promise you, you would like Jameis as your quarterback. I promise you. It's, it's not. It's, it's pretty unbecoming of you to keep taking digs at, at the Patriots when we still finish. I'm not. I'm not taking digs year. at the Patriots. I'm not. I'm taking. Uh, listen, though, Nutema, I'm taking digs at Cam Newton. I, I, I don't hate the Patriots. Who's he play for? I, I, listen, I, he could play for anyone. <laughs> I just think he's a shitty quarterback. Bobby, you can have Jameis if you want him. We'll take Dak on a uh, league minimum uh, can't salary. Dak. Can't and he Dak can be the side. backup to Cam Newton. I don't want Dak. Dak. Yeah. All right. We're not talking about the Patriots anymore. We've already dedicated enough time to that. Um, although I will say, I think if Jameis Winston tried to come anywhere near Gillette Stadium, Bill Belichick would shoot at him with a fucking <laughs> from, the, from the fucking top of the stands. I don't think that guy wants him anywhere near his team because I think he knows about football and has seen him play. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure I agree with you, Mike, on one hand about Sam Darnold. I think that he's not that good and I don't think he's going to last the season, but I'm pretty sure Will Greer is going to be the guy, not PJ Walker. Will Greer, the, I'm pretty sure, dude, he looked pretty impressive this preseason. Big arm, West Virginia. I don't know. The Carolina Panthers football show. The XFL. Um, the XFL days. That's why he wasn't for those XFL days. Well, I mean, I think Matt Rue also coached him, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's another thing. They have a connection there. But I'm, honestly, I'm with Dave. Once again, Will Green went to Florida. So I'm, say I'm biased. But he got to West Virginia. Had a great career over there, West Virginia. I want Will Green to get a chance. I think he could play. But you guys are right. It probably will be P.J. Walker. But Will Green deserves a chance. If not there, to somewhere else. Yeah, he's got a big arm, man. He's a little bit uh he's a little bit shaky sometimes in the pocket, like decision-making wise. But I think he's got a big arm. And like when he throws and when he's confident, he can... uh he can find his man downfield. All right. I think that was a pretty fair assessment of finally, like it feels like for the first time, a neutral, uh, <laughs> a neutral division. I think, I, you know, I, I think that after this conversation, I'm thinking the, the Panthers are actually going to be okay this year. I don't even think they're going to be that bad. I think they have some options at quarterback. Like we've talked about. I think that, you know, whoever it is like has the potential to have a good season. They locked up their number one receiver. They have Christian McCaffrey, who's like the craziest, pass catching running back of all time i don't know it, it could happen welcome to sarah talk solutions ladies and gentlemen you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show i'm sarah b and i'm your host you can find me on my ig which is aussie underscore sarah underscore la i talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical wonderful wonderful city of the city of angels my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.